Good morning and welcome to Walking with Jesus Through the Word, one chapter per day. I am Pastor Jason Van Bemmel from Forest Hill Presbyterian Church. It's day 588 and that brings us to 2 Chronicles 17 and Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat's another one of those Bible names that's uh, generally a pretty positive character in the scriptures and yet his name hasn't caught on as a common name to call people. When you're thinking about biblical names, I might want to name my son. You think of David and you think of Peter and you think of Paul and John and Andrew and you don't think Jehoshaphat. I want to name my son Jehoshaphat. Just doesn't roll off the tongue, does it? Put it in the list with Zerubbabel and Obadiah and other good people in the Bible whose names just weren't catchy enough to carry on throughout history. <laughs> anyway, that's enough of that. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you so much for your word and for this time we can spend in your word together this morning. Guide us by your spirit. Help us to see you and help us to follow you faithfully. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Second Chronicles 17, Jehoshaphat, his son, reigned in his place and strengthened himself against Israel. He placed, fortress, he placed forces in all the fortified cities of Judah and set garrisons in the land of Judah and in the cities of Ephraim that Asa his father had captured. The Lord was with Jehoshaphat because he walked in the earlier ways of his father David. He did not seek the Baals, but sought the God of his father and walked in his commandments and not according to the practices of Israel. Therefore the Lord established the kingdom in his hand. And all Judah brought tribute to Jehoshaphat, and he had great riches and honor. His heart was courageous in the ways of the Lord. And furthermore, he took the high places and the Asherim out of Judah. In the third year of his reign, he sent his officials, Ben-Hael, Obadiah, Zechariah, Nathanael, and Micaiah, to teach in the cities of Judah, and with them the Levites, Shemaiah, uh, Nethaniah, Zebediah, Asahel, uh, Shemiramoth, Jehonathan, Adonijah, Tobijah, and Tabodonijah, a bunch of other Bible names that never caught on. And with these Levites, the priests, Elishama and Jehoram, and they taught in Judah, having the book of the law of the Lord with them. They went about through all the cities of Judah, and taught among the people. And the fear of the Lord fell upon all the kingdoms of the lands that were around Judah, and they made no war with Jehoshaphat. Some of the Philistines brought Jehoshaphat presents and silver for tribute, and the Arabians also brought him 7,700 rams and 7,700 goats. And Jehoshaphat grew steadily greater he built in Judah fortresses and store cities. He had large supplies in the cities of Judah. He had soldiers, mighty men of valor in Jerusalem. This was the muster of them by fathers' houses of Judah, the commanders of thousands, Abna, the commander with 300,000 mighty men of valor, and next to him Jeho Jehohanan, the commander with 280,000, and next to him Amasiah, the son of Zikri, a volunteer for the service of the Lord with 200,000 men of valor. Of Benjamin, Eliada, a mighty man of valor with 200,000 men armed with bow and shield. And next to him, Jehozabad with 
180,000 armed for war. These were in the service of the king besides those whom the king placed in the fortified cities throughout all Judah. So again, kind of like we saw in Asa's earlier years or for the 35 years of good reign from Asa, we got some good things here from Jehoshaphat. Um, he is seeking the Lord. David is held up throughout Kings and Chronicles as the model, man after God's own heart, one who sought the Lord, one who walked faithfully in the ways of the Lord. And of course, that doesn't mean David was perfect. We all know about the sins of David. So the Bible's not ever like expecting perfection from anyone other than Jesus. But faith and faithfulness is, is by God's grace, uh, can be a reality in the lives of God's people, despite great sin and our weaknesses that unfortunately plague us. But here we have uh, Jehoshaphat walking in the ways of David, not seeking the Baals, seeking the God of his father, walking in his commandments. And he does, he does some remarkable things, things even better than Asa at his best. What are these things? Well, he takes out the high places. Now, we don't know if these are just the pagan worshiping high places, or if these are also the Yahweh worshiping high places. As far as we know, only Hezekiah and Josiah removed the Yahweh worshiping high places, but this certainly would have been the pagan worshiping high places at, as, at a minimum. So the places where the Baals, he's talking about how he didn't seek the Baals. And so the Baal worshiping places and the Asherim. And by the way, they've uncovered some of these pagan high places in Israel. And one in particular that was a very important pagan uh, worship site, a high place in Israel. And what they found were the buried bodies of children who had been sacrificed on these high places to these false gods. And they were buried in these jars underground uh, in a ritual burial after the ritual sacrifice. So these were really awful, ugly, horrible places. When, when pagan gods, when demons demand worship, because that's what's behind every pagan god is a demon. And when demons demand worship, they take a high price. It's amazing to me how many people are shocked and appalled that God would ask Abraham to offer up his son Isaac when God stopped him and didn't actually follow through with that requirement, but he just called him to be willing to do it. Right, But God stopped him from doing that. How many people are appalled at the God of the Bible because he called Abraham to sacrifice Isaac and, and actually didn't, right? But then they'll say that pagan religion is great when pagan religion almost always requires child sacrifice uh, in one form or another. And so it's just this blindness uh, that it really is satanic, to be honest with you. Anyway, that's just a big aside. Uh, wasn't part of what I was planning on teaching, but anyway. So the other thing I love about what Jehoshaphat does here is not only does he tear down, but he also builds up. You see, it's one thing to tear down and to outlaw and to ban, but then what are you going to replace that with? How are the people going to know what they're supposed to do? You tell them, oh, get rid of that high place, get rid of that ashram, get rid of that Baal altar. Well, what are we supposed to do? Well, now he sends out this team of teachers or teams of teachers to go out throughout Judah, teaching people the law of the Lord. 
And so we have all these guys who are being sent out. Uh, we have five uh, royal officials. We have two priests. And then we have these Levites. And they're going out and they have the book of the law of the Lord. And they're teaching the people. That is so important that God's people be built up in the word of God. It's why we're committed to this three-year process of teaching through the whole Bible, one chapter at a time. Because it's so vital for God's people to be built up in knowing the Lord through his word. And God blesses them. God blesses them mightily and gives them peace. And just like Asa, Jehoshaphat uses this time of peace to prepare for war. Because as I said, when we were talking about that in Second uh, Chronicles 14, I think it was, when you have this time of peace, prepare for war. And so that's what we see Jehoshaphat doing. And he's got, he's got basically a million guys here. I didn't really do the math, but uh, you've got 300,000 plus 280,000 plus 20,000 plus 20,000. I mean, that's almost a million right there. And then you've got 180,000. So you're over a million now. And uh, they've got these men who are in different companies and under different commanders. And the reason for that is that they wouldn't all serve at all at the same time. They, some of them would serve and others would go back and work the farm with their families. These were farmer soldiers. These were citizen soldiers, kind of like National Guard. Um, and so they're in this rotating schedule uh, of serving. So this is, this is a wise and, and great thing. And God's giving them great blessing. And he's giving them great blessing because the king is committed to doing what God has called him to do. Now, I scrolled down far enough on the screen that if you're watching this and not listening to it, you can see what the title of chapter 18 is. We'll get there in a couple of days. Jehoshaphat makes an alliance with Ahab. Mm. Another man of God who's going to stumble and into foolishness. Okay, we'll save that for later. But now we can just say, Here's a man who seeks the Lord, who is determined to do what is right, and God blesses him. And I think I think there's okay to take that as a simple call to us to say, uh, to say what though? To say if you seek the Lord and you're faithful to Him, He's going to bless you with seventy-seven hundred rams and seventy-seven hundred goats and over a million men in your army. No, that's not the right thing to conclude here. The right thing to conclude here is that God's purposes for your life, God's plans for your life, God's promises to you are, are fixed and sure in the Lord Jesus Christ, who's the fulfillment of all of those promises. But you will experience them, you will walk in them, you will live them more fully the more faithful you are to trusting God and walking with Jesus through life day by day. And we don't know what form that blessing may come. As we were in Hebrews 11 a couple days ago, we saw sometimes that means you get sawn in two, right? For Jehoshaphat, it means an army of more than a million men and great silver and gold and great security. But for Isaiah the prophet, for Jeremiah the prophet, for John the Baptist, for 11 of the 12 apostles, it meant a bloody death. And so we have to trust God that he's going to accomplish his purposes through us and we trust him despite what our eyes can see and we're blessed we're blessed because you know what Isaiah and Jeremiah and the apostles and John the Baptist you know what they were even more blessed 
and even more greatly used of God than Jehoshaphat, even though in an earthly existence they had far less. So we need to follow the example of Jehoshaphat here, not expecting that, hey, that means I'm going to have a huge house and lots of money and I can fund all sorts of wonderful things for God's kingdom. It may mean that we suffer and are rejected and are alienated. But that would make us more like Jesus, wouldn't it? And that would be far worth it. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your love and thank you for your faithfulness. You are so good to us. You've given us everything we need for life and eternity through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, your Son. And we're thankful for that. We want to be more faithful. We want to be more faithful, more diligent. We want to be kept by you. We want to follow close after you. So do this work in our hearts that you alone can do. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, that's 2 Chronicles 16. Lord willing, Mike will be here tomorrow to continue our study, uh, heading back to Hebrews chapter 12, and then on Sunday picking up with 2 Chronicles 18. Have a blessed day in the Lord.